Hey everyone, welcome back to the Multi-Location Marketing Show. I'm Elliot Olson, and I'm joined here with Matt Nichols, um, our CEO, and uh, Kevin Mullet. Kevin, what's your title again? I feel like it's you do a, you like Matt do a lot of different things. VP of junk and stuff. <laughs> I do things. Um, yeah. VP of program services for our company. Awesome. Awesome. So today we've got an exciting episode. Um, if you're into um, multi-location marketing, obviously trying to sharpen the spear. Um, we're actually going to talk about the difference between uh, subdirectories, um, subdomains, and standalone domains, uh, and kind of like not only define those, but just understand what are the advantages and disadvantages of maybe using uh, each of those when you're deploying an organic program. And um, yeah, just uh, also uh, kind of give you a path on how to decide maybe which which uh, which option is best for you. So I got a lot of experience in the room. Um, uh, if this is your first time on the podcast, we've been doing this for what, 20 years now, guys. And so um, this is everything we're giving you. There's no there's no one way answer, uh, as I'm sure you'll kind of hear from the guys. But the whole idea behind this is just helping you um, do what you do better and um, making your life easier when it comes to, to things like this. So, um, Matt, if you could just kind of give us a breakdown, what are the three? Um, yeah, what are those three kind of different um, structures that we talked about? I got to mention, and then kind of give like maybe a simple definition of each of those, and then we can kind of go into really the, the disadvantages. Sure, the sure. So, yeah, I mean, if you're looking to do marketing at the local level, go back and listen to a bunch of the previous episodes. We talk about the benefits and of that uh, <laughs> at length, you know, and that's kind of what we're about. But you, there has to be a way that you tell Google, hey, I've got. Uh, a business, a location, uh, a representative of my brand, a franchise, an agent, a dealer, you know, whatever the case may be <clears throat> in a local market. And, and the way that Google has moved really over the last, you know, decade is they're really giving uh, preference to what we call local relevance. So if they can tell, hey, you're in this market, they know consumers in that local market are looking for a certain service that is really local. And so they give a tremendous amount of preference to those local businesses, right? And so you want to set up as a multi-location business, hopefully that's what you are in listening to this podcast, um, you want to set up a way to have a web presence, right, at the local level for each market that you're involved in and that you have representation in. And so there's really three ways to do that. One is what we call a subdirectory approach, and that is your domain, let's say acmewidgets.com, slash the name of the location, or a lot of times people will do slash the state, slash the city, and then maybe if you only have one location per metro area, that might work for you, or you might go slash uh, state, slash city, slash location name, or location one, two, three, right, uh, to, to get a really specific location. So that's what we call a subdirectory, and we'll get into uh, the pros and cons of these in a bit. But the second option would be, um, I would say, like a standalone domain, right? Um, and that would be you go and you register a domain with uh, GoDaddy or Google or whoever um, you want to register. There's a, a million domain registrars out there. It's going to cost you somewhere between usually $10 and $20 a year for kind of a .com domain that, that's available that you can register. And then you can have a top-level domain for each of your locations with a website, you know, that that points to. And 
you know, typically that's going to be something like either the major service that you do in the domain name. So we've seen like, you know, people use something like shuttersindianapolis.com, shuttersaustin.com, shuttersdallas.com. You know, in all the different markets that you're in, you know, it could be, um, you know, whatever, tutoring Dallas, tutoring, you know. So that's very common. Or it could be something with your brand name, you know. So we have a client, Sunburst Shutters, and they use sunburstshuttersindy.com, sunburstshuttersorlando.com, sunburstshuttersdallas.com. So the nomenclature can be whatever, but but a domain is standalone. You register it, you pay for it, you create uh, the DNS entries of where it's going to go, and you have a standalone website on that. Um, and then the third option would be using a subdomain. So more similar to kind of the first one in a way, but still the thing about a um, subdomain is you don't have to register a new domain. So if it's acmewidgets.com is your main brand, you could anything that you put in front of it with a dot can be a subdomain. So you could have austin.acmewidgets.com. You could have dallas.acmewidgets.com, right? And you're and in order to do that, you don't have to go register a new domain like you do with the top level with, with GoDaddy or, or whoever you're using. You That's simply a DNS entry. So DNS is a server service, obviously, that you know controls where all these uh, web addresses point to, an IP address. So you simply go into your DNS server, have your IT group go in there and say, we want orlando.acmewidgets.com and we want it to point to this IP address. In every other way, it's the same as a top-level domain. If I type in um, sunburstshuttersorlando.com, or and that could point to a website, or I could have orlando.sunburstshutters.com point to that exact same website on the same server. It's just two different ways of getting there. And so those are really the three main options, right? Again, subdirectory, it's on your website. Google views that as part of this website. It's a location page or a series of location pages within that domain. Standalone domain, you buy it, Google says, hey, this is its own entity. And a subdomain, which usually Google says this is its own entity, but they sometimes, you know, there's some differences there. And, I, and I'll let Elliot uh, explore those things in more detail. But I, I think that's a high, that makes sense? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, awesome okay. explanation. I mean, that's, that's, you broke that down. Like, that's like, Quick and dirty of that. <laughs> um, so, so Kevin, um, how? Yeah, no, no, that's great. Kevin, how would you describe uh, like a subdirectory in terms of the advantages of when you'd want to use that, um, and maybe you know when people use it, and then maybe like some drawbacks of maybe only depending on a subdirectory um, to, to create value um, in search. Yeah, so there would be very few instances where. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I can't think of one right off the top of my head of where you would not, for a corporate, have your locations in a directory so that people can see them as part of your main acmewidgets.com site. Uh, so there are just, again, I can't think of an instance of why you would not avail yourself of having that directory structure. Uh, it's directories just like other directories that you have on your website, right? I mean, you slash blog is is a technically a directory, right? And then you put things underneath that. Slash products is a thing, and you have 
various products or services that are under that slash locations is just another thing that you put on there so that you give people the information and Google the information so that that those locations are known to them. And um, fortunately, our system is designed, the market snare platform is designed to be, uh, um, you know, innocuous to what which method you wanted to use. I mean, we don't the system doesn't care which method you want to use. It's applying the right one at the right time. So, yeah, um, I can't think of a reason why a business, a, a company owned business, a corporate owned entity would not want to do that. If it's a dealer network or if it's some kind of a single product that is sold at a different location, then that might be a situation where they decide, do I really want to include a store that sells competitive product as well as mine, right? So you may then jump to one of the other methods to get more value in that local market and not have that be part of your corporate. So I didn't manage to think of a situation. <laughs> where that would but nonetheless, I think, <laughs> no, you know, right. one of the things that we always talk about and that we see is um, this concept that, you know, we call local relevance, right? So um, while everyone will want to have one of those, those pages on site, and I think, you know, the, the trick is, you know, how do we take advantage of Google, Google's proclivity to, you know, um, kind of favor local businesses and what makes them say, hey, because if you go and you do a search, you know, of any, you know, service topic, you know, something that's going to trigger a, a local intent query with the map and everything, you, you always see in the results set a mix, right, of um, some uh, aggregators, some national brands, but a lot of local individual, you know, single location businesses, you know, coming up and, and doing really well in those rankings. Why do you see, why do you see that happening? Yeah, and I mean, I think that gets because to they look really yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That gets that gets right to the point of why we created Market Snare, which Matt knows full well, and we all do on this call. Is that um, a drawback of doing that is you're stopping short, you're leaving opportunity on the table, which is why we do what we do, uh, and the reason that people typically. Uh, do that is because a they don't know that that's a thing that they don't know that they're leaving opportunity or they don't know that a solution exists for that it's easy because we've done the directory we've done everything that we can do i think that's right there that they have. a lot of it is like i yeah. control it all it's right here it's in my in yep. my sub Directory. That makes sense. It's like if I want to add a location, I go in, I check a box, I type in some information, I hit save, and boom, it's up there. Right. And the thought of so, the thought well, of some of, the, some of or it, independent websites is just like like I just I can't right. I can't imagine well, the amount of work and, and, and people, lack of control that I would have. Right. Some people Yep, yeah, some people think of it from a cost perspective. Yeah. And while it may or may not be expensive to do additional things, 
the real question is, is how much value does exactly. it bring to you, right? right? Like how much extra revenue would that generate if you could control more of the search results, if you could be visible more, if you have more click-throughs because you look more credible, uh, which we'll get into more here in a bit. Yeah, there's like the value of each of these, each of these, there's a value of like time capital, team, how you implement something based on your current uh, structure at your company. And then there's the actual SEO value, the the revenue generating value that comes from picking us, picking a strategy that, um, you know, is best for your business. Exactly. And I think that's what, that's what really separates these two. So there's kind of like subdomains and standalone domains, you know, we can get into the pros and cons of that and we will versus a corporate directory or a, um, you know, a directory, subdirectory sub structure. And, but there's more underlying that because a subdirectory structure everyone should have, and we, we, we highly recommend that. You have to have information on your locations. The question is, as Kevin said, is that enough to get you the kind of rankings across the widest number of keywords and geographic terms in that area, or are you missing out, right? And so then you either, you want to pair that with, one of the other strategies. And the other thing that I would say about the subdirectory, because it, it its strength is also its weakness in terms of SEO, right? So its strength is that it's part of a larger domain with thousands of pages and, and lots of backlinks probably and good domain authority. And so the old school th- thought was that that was the way to, to just really penetrate those markets because you're getting better domain authority. But what the other side of the coin is, Dilute, you're diluting your relevance to that local market. So if it's you you have a location page and it's one page of thousands of pages, how relevant do you look for Dallas? You know when you've got one page and you've got thousands of pages on your site, you don't look very relevant. I mean it's like less than you know a tenth of a percent probably of the content on your site is about your services in Dallas. So when you go to a subdomain or a subdirectory structure, now those are independent things. And if you have a site all about Dallas, it's going to be much more relevant to that local market. Now, you still need to build authority at the local level and those kinds of things that are best practice from SEO. But what what you're doing by moving or adding subdomain and sub uh, standalone domains is now Google sees those as individual independent entities now there's some caveat there but kevin why don't you jump in yeah we're kind of we're kind of yeah we're kind of bleeding into the next but i I did want i did want to say i did want to say i think you what i love about what you said is you know i think a lot of it sounds like super simple but i think a lot of times multi-location businesses like they're really not it's like you have an amazing opportunity because you have a physical location like you have mm-hmm. a physical location there. So instead of thinking from a, from a perspective of like what's what, – you know, if I'm picking a subdomain or a standalone domain or a subdirectory, instead of thinking about it, what is the easiest option for me because of human capital, like allow yourself to think how do I leverage the actual physical location I have to implement a strategy that's going to benefit my business the most? Because most people are thinking the opposite of that. They're not they're, – they're thinking of like – you know, maybe it's not e-com or like some of these other kind of strategies, but they're thinking of how do I take this centralized approach to creating a really locally relevant, uh, you know, digital, um, digital kind of um, 
location or like presence. Yeah. Um, or, or, or landscape or like, you know, a territory on digital, a digital territory, but they're not thinking of how do I leverage my actual physical location, which is what Google gives preference to, because if you have a physical, if you have a physical location and it's worth people even finding you, that means that there's some sort of decision they're making there. And so Google's going to like, I mean, they're going to give people, they're going to, they're going to want to connect people to that location. They're going to give you local preference on that. So, um, I think hopefully that makes sense. Kevin, I know you wanted to add something else and then yeah, let's go wanna, into, let's go into sub, sub, uh, yeah. Um, so just real quickly. On, yeah. Yeah. On sub directories, the, the thing to consider is, is first of all, again, we suggest there's a time and a place for all of them. Right. Um, but what ends up happening is, is the mis the mistake or the thought process is, is I got my directory check that's off my list, right? But then the the corporate um, the uh, C suite says, hey, why is Billy Joe Bob's bait and tackle beating our in that presence or in that area? Right. For that, that local ter market. digital territory or whatever. Yeah. Digital territory. Right. Why are they coming up? When we have all of these backlinks and we have all this this huge domain authority and we have and and all of this other stuff, because like what Matt said is, is it's not relevant to that local market. It doesn't have a ton of reviews that point to that local domain. Right. So, again, it's just the, the danger is, is leaving opportunity on the table and or not knowing that a that a method exists to move you equal to somebody who is absolutely part of that local market. And, and so that's awesome. what we're discussing today. So what is the, this kind of, you know, is a good transition into standalone domains. I mean, what, it, what are the advantages and disadvantages of a standalone domain? Uh, Matt, do you want to take, well, take that one? Well, <clears throat> a standalone domain, I mean, obviously the advantages are, and Kevin can provide some color here because he knows more about this than I do. But um, a standalone domain is without question going to be looked at like its own entity by Google, right? So if you have a website and it's all about um, shutters in Indianapolis and all different types of shutters and maybe you do other types of window treatments and things like that, Google has no doubt that, hey, this is about shutters in Indianapolis. So if people are searching for plantation shutters, Indianapolis, chances are like that site's going to do really well, especially if they're doing all the other right things, you know, and, you know, we all know the, the basics of SEO, um, but Google's indexing that and it's saying Indianapolis and shutters, it's 100% relevant to that. Whereas on the, on the subdirectory side, if you have a location page, you know, generally that's one page, maybe it's a handful of pages, but generally it's one page saying Sunburst Shutters Indie, here's our address and the services we do here, right? But how can that one page connect the dots to all these different services and ways people search for things that um, you want to come up for? There's just not enough there. It's not enough meat on the bone, right? So while it can let Google know, hey, I do these things in this market, versus this other site over here who's doing, has tons of pages all about these different services, all about Indianapolis and things happening in the local market and their blogs and everything like that, that they're doing is all building authority you know, in that one market. So when you do a standalone domain, 
you're telling Google, hey, this is its own entity. Now, obviously, you can't have duplicate content and things like that. Go back and listen to some of our other podcasts. We talk about uh, ways that you can do that. But I think the, the, the sentiment has always been it's too hard. It's too much work. And there's technology now. Um, and that's what we do. We provide technology that makes that easy so that you can do that kind of a strategy with the same effort that you're doing the directory you know, side of it. Um, we're, we're, and we're, we're underlying this with the assumption that you have great content on a website. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, all things considered equal. And also, and also, and also that you have a business listing connected to that location. You have to do all the other those things. Two things are just, gonna, yeah, those two things are going to massively – Exactly. I just want to preface that and throw that in there. The domain itself. You can't not do those right. things. You can't, you know, you, if, even if you have a standalone domain, you can't just put a landing page there and just expect that that's going to outperform. No, 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 no. You know, there are other right? things. Yeah. What, like, it's what not the just domain the domain part of it, since that's what we're talking about. What the yeah. domain part of it does is it just says to Google, hey, I'm a standalone entity and treat me as such, right? And, and so mm -hmm. when you have, you're doing all the other things right, that really focuses all of your, authority and everything to that one market. And that's that's really powerful when if you can do that at scale across all these markets. Now, instead of having this broad beam floodlight shining on all my markets, I'm like bringing it down to a laser and focusing on that market. And then I'm doing it in this market and this market. And there are tricks of doing that at scale and doing it well and doing it effect, uh, time effectively. But that's what you're doing. Now, did you want to say something? Yeah, I, I just want to – I think a, a, something that will really help people understand this is if you have a subdirectory structure, which we already said is a good idea generally speaking, but typically as Matt has said, that's only going to be one or two pages, maybe three pages about that local business. Like you might have a bio about the staff there. You might have uh, the services that that particular location offers. But anyway, you're going to have one to – a few pages for that. What you're not typically going to have and doesn't make sense under the directory structure is to have each service or product spelled out in, in great depth and a separate blog. That doesn't make sense under a subdirectory structure. So basically you have for like each location blog, for each location is right, what you're saying. For right. each location. Yeah. So so you have the blog that's the corporate blog invoice and you have the corporate service de de uh, definitions and the corporate products, right? But these are just the locations. What Matt is referring to is when you have a unique fully qualified top level domain, you're now shifting it to be what do you in this market that we're talking about, Indy, at the time of year that it's appropriate for Indy, should you have your HVAC system uh, serviced to be ready for winter? Right. Which is a lot different now than, have than uh, Atlanta. <coughs> exactly. Yeah. You're, you're not going to talk about HV. You're not going to talk about heating repair in a Miami location in October. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and so what Google is really looking for is do you talk about – do you answer the questions and solve the problems of people in this market? And a fully qualified, unique, top-level domain allows you to make that entire argument that, yes, we do that, not just this is where we are, yeah. right? It's two totally, totally different totally. concepts. 
So, so what are the disadvantages of using a standalone domain or a top level? Yeah, domain? Well, I would say, and I didn't get to that, but basically, the, I mean, there's cost. It's minimal, but you know, you're you're looking at ten to twenty dollars a year. You know, whether it's GoDaddy or Google or whoever your you know your domain registrar is. Um, you know, that's the main factor. I've heard some people concerned about uh, brand confusion. Um, but, you know, we've always taken the stance that, you know, you can handle that with your nomenclature. So there are different types of nomenclatures you can use. Some people will use a domain um, that has like a major service in it. Now, there used to be something called an exact match domain that was a thing. Google swears. Well, for a long time, they swore that wasn't a thing, but it clearly wasn't. I think it's it less now. There may be something to that, but um it's not near what it used to be. So we don't necessarily recommend people go out and buy, you know, uh, indianapolisshutters.com. I mean, that is a strong domain, you know, uh, for other reasons, for marketing reasons and things. And how much does it help you SEO? We don't know. But I think it's a lot less than it used to be. But you certainly, so some people will do that. You know, they'll pick like kind of their major service, um, you know, HVAC services, fortwayne.com, you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, and then HVAC services, dallas.com, you know, um, or a lot of people will use the brand. So we like Sunburst Shutters is a client of ours. They use uh, Sunburst Shutters, indie.com, Sunburst Shutters, austin.com, Sunburst Shutters, orlando.com. So those are ways to kind of keep that brand, you know, consistent and you want to do something consistent. But if you have independent dealers, for example, we have programs where, they they do um, you know Bob's HVAC and it becomes their main site. Sometimes they have a corporate site and this becomes a supplemental, right? So maybe it's um, you know maybe they do um, lawn care, right, or lawn equipment, and they sell tractors and all this stuff. They might have a steel local website, you know, and it might be um, John, it may be um, indianapolissteel.com, you know, or whatever. So there's a lot of different strategies you can do and you can kind of register whatever you want. Um, but that's kind of the main um, drawback would just be the cost. And then you got to manage the DNS and things like that. So a lot of our clients, we do that for them because we have tools to do that at scale. But if you're doing it with your own IT department and things like that, you've got to register all those domains. you got to manage them. You've got to go in and create uh, records to point to your DNS servers and some of those types of things. So there's just, you know, when you're, when you're looking at a subdirectory, obviously, that's just using your CMS to create something. You don't have to do any of that. With a sub, with a standalone domain or even a subdomain, you got to do DNS entries and stuff. The standalone domain will cost you money every year to keep that up and keep that registered. So that's the primary. Kev, do you have any other things on that? Um. Uh, I forget. Are we on positives or negatives right We're now? We're on for negatives that? for drawbacks for using a standalone domain. Now, really, really, the only the only major drawback to doing a fully qualified top level domain is um, is is the cost. And outside of that, which is why we keep talking about how our platform doesn't doesn't care which method we use or combinations of methods that we move use because there could be reasons for each. So essentially when it comes down to it, you're talking about the difference between 
10 to 20 dollars a month yeah yeah it's kind of negligible isn't it i mean it's, it's that a negligible aspect of it thing. and we're There's not i mean and, yeah we're not There's really going hassle. into um oh go ahead sorry yeah, there's a little hassle. I mean, one could argue, oh, okay, in one market or you know three markets out of 150, we can't get that exact domain. I mean, so you you know you you alter it slightly because somebody happens to be sitting on that domain. I suppose you could make an argument that that's a that's a negative, but it's it's an inconsequential one. Yeah, and we're not we're staying on the topic of your domain and subdirectories and subdomains, right? We're staying on that topic. Now, if we were to venture into what happens after you deploy a local website on that domain, manage the content and all that, you know, there could be some definite drawbacks there if you don't have a system for implementing a strategy around that. We're staying, you know, right. I just, I'm just trying to subdue the, 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 maybe some of the thoughts that people are thinking ahead there. So, you know, we have a lot of other episodes on that. If you want to dig into, you know, what actually happens after you decide on a domain kind of structure or, or, or decision, but. Um, but yeah. I do think it's important to understand that um, even whether it's our CMS or another CMS, there are slight differences between uh, subdirectory usage, day-to-day usage, and subdomain or fully qualified domain usage. There is not that much difference, whether it's RCMS or others, between subdomain usage and domain usage, fully qualified top-level yep. domain usage. Yeah. The, 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 the change is in the back end that Matt talked about with the uh, whether or not you have to buy domains or not, which we'll get into here in a second. Yeah. Matt, Matt, can you break down um, subdomains, advantages of a subdomain? Advantages. You, I mean, the, the yeah. main thing um, is like you have some – Or perceived advantages. Perceived, maybe, I mean, cost savings, advantages. right? So subdomain <laughs> Again, and, yeah, and ease, right? I mean, it's like you register the domain once. So let's say we're going to have – you know, um, a domain, we, it could be a part of your national domain, right? Or like, for example, it could be John Deere. Let's use John Deere. They're not our client, but John Deere as an example. You have johndeere.com. You could have uh, indianapolis.johndeere.com. So you already have the domain. Or a lot of times uh, we'll see johndeerdealer.com and then we'll have, you know, com, right, as a structure. And it's easy. You've already, you don't have to think about it. It's just like, hey, we're going to put the name of the market or the name of the location or the dealer uh, in front of it with a dot and then the johndeerdealer.com. So there's no thought required. You know, on when you're registering a top-level domain, you're going into a new market. you got to search, is it available? The standard nomenclature, if it's not, what do we do? Or if you've got local dealers, you know, there's always some thought, you know, uh, into that. It's not a big deal. You just got to think through what's available and what's the best option and you do it. But that is an advantage of a subdomain is that you have the main part of the domain and and then the, the subdomain is just like, it is what it is and it's there. You put one entry into your DNS server, this is what the subdomain is, I'm pointing it to this IP and you're done, right? And it doesn't cost you anything extra. <laughs> so you're just paying for that one domain instead of for each of the individual domains. Now. Like we said, when you're talking about 10 to 20 bucks a year per domain, it's not a major cost, but you know, uh, it is a cost. So domain subdomains are cheaper. 
um, and subdomains are um, some people would say it's it's more brand uh, consistent because I've just got this one domain and now I'm tying this to it. So it's like, you know, like we talked about um, uh, in indie.johndeerdealer.com. Well, you know, OK, this is a this is part of johndeer.com and it's, you know, and it's the city. So some people think that's uh, less they like like the look of it. Yeah, the like look the of feel, it, the feel, like, the marketing yeah. side of it. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Makes a little bit more sense. So that's kind of more of a personal preference. It doesn't really matter in terms of, you know, uh, how Google sees. We don't see click through differences on on that really to speak of. So, yeah, in, in the data yeah. that we've looked at. So that's that's the kind of the positive. I, I would say of the subdomain. What would be a a disadvantage? Are there any? Um, for well, and Kevin, or? I know will want to opine on this. Maybe kind of similar. Maybe kind of similar <laughs> in some respects yeah. to a standalone domain in terms of, um, you know, if you were to look further down the line in the strategy, um, if you didn't have a, a piece of, if you didn't have a, a software to be able to implement a local website strategy, like. But again, we're staying on <laughs> the, just the the domain here. Yeah, just, just I mean, from, is there is there any yeah. Kevin or well, just from a domain, or maybe just well, you ask me first. I've got to just give my answer, and then I'll think of Kevin. <laughs> well, yeah, like the the negative side of it, you know, would be you know just on the flip side, like there sometimes there's confusion. You know, maybe people think, well, it's 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 less confusing brand wise because it's clearly showing our domain and this is a sub part of it. But sometimes there can be confusion too from consumers that are used to seeing maybe like just a top level.com, right? And so um, I would think it's not that big of a deal because there's all kinds of crazy stuff out there now, but you know, you could get some level of confusion there. It's not, um, but, the, but by far the biggest thing just from an SEO perspective would be there is a chance that you know, Google changes or because they have they've changed this over the past, how they see subdomains. Do they see that part of the broader domain that they're involved in? Or do they see that as a standalone entity? When you register a standalone domain, there's no doubt it's standalone. This it lives by itself. When you have a subdomain, there are instances where we've seen that Google has said, well, this is kind of part of this broader domain, and you don't get that local relevance building that you would if it was viewed as standalone. Now, we do have clients that we've implemented that wanted subdomains. We've tested them. They worked great. They, they're viewed as standalone and they kick butt and they're doing great, you know, but we've seen it the other way too. So I know Kevin's got uh, a lot of thoughts on this. So I'm going to kick it over to you to kind of expand on that. Well, there's some, yeah, there's some practical things and then there are some what if things. Uh, practically speaking, if you're in a dealer uh, dealer network type situation, uh, independent local dealers, well, then obviously a subdomain would probably be less likely to, to be the direction you want because if, if that uh, person is uh, helping to pay for the, the program and so forth and you wanted to transfer ownership with the with a fully qualified unique top level domain you could just give them that domain and you're done you, you move on if it's sitting on a subdomain structure you can't do that you could migrate the site but then when you do that uh, which we won't get into but there's a whole lot of things that could shake up with the search results because you've You've told them it's a completely different site now. So if you move indie.acmewidgets.com to bobsindiewidgets.com, Google is going to see that as two totally different websites. 
there's ways to do it properly, but there still will be some some mix up. So transferring ownership would be one situation that there's just a clear. It's just a matter of fact. It's a clear de- delineation. If you were if you were to do that in the future, it's an advantage to kind of start out with a standalone with domain a fully versus, qualified top level yeah. domain. Now, if it's all corporately owned, then it really doesn't matter because you're not going. You know, if you transfer ownership, you're transferring ownership of the entire corporation, not necessarily an individual location. Although one could argue that from a uh, from a future, if you're planning to sell in the future. Uh, Maybe maybe that does matter. But anyway, we're getting into the weeds on that. The the softer side of things is that and Matt and I have talked about this a lot over the years. It's there's maximizing value and mitigating risks. Right. So when you when you have a fully qualified domain, you're mitigating the risks of Google changes. Right. Because if it it may hit one or two. Uh, locations, but taking out the entire group is less likely when they are independent uh, sites with with, uh, local relevance, right? Um, Now, you can you could also say that while you're mitigating that risk, what's the what's the value parity, right? Well, unfortunately, this is where it gets fuzzy and why we say it depends, um, which is a common thing within the search industry. Um, the only way you would know is, so let me rephrase that just because it works as subdomains, which we have ample evidence that it does, does not mean that it might not work better as fully qualified top level domains if you're going after very competitive terms. So if you are able to get the full traction that you would like We've seen some evidence and other people in the industry have seen some evidence that when they go from a subdomain to here, that there may be from a standalone domain to a subdomain. I'm sorry, from a subdomain subdomain to a standalone domain. Standalone. Let's get that right. That there may be increased value uh, in doing so. But you're never really going to know unless you make that exact move with exactly the same markets, with exactly the same keywords, and et cetera. So if it's working, which we've seen that it's working and you're getting leads in, then it becomes a question about, you know, is there more on the table that you could have? Awesome. Well, I want to be conscious of time, but before we kind of like close out this episode, if you got, I was hoping that one of you could give kind of like a, just a simple um you know, we've given a lot of information. So there's a lot of people that are probably like, okay, I kind of have an idea of what I would want to do. Um, there's still questions I have. What, it, what, what are like three steps that someone can take, like simple steps and the way that they consider, um, you know, what to use? Like where do they start? And then where's kind of like a, yeah, just where do they start? What questions need to be asked? Well, the first thing is, what do you, you know, how I like to say, what is the what is the objective that you're going after? You know, first and foremost, I mean, most people want organic visibility. Why? Because search is the greatest mechanism that humanity has ever devised to connect people looking for something with people that can deliver that. Right. And Google does a great job of that. So um, if you. 
defining the value defining the value and to say what what am i trying to do am i just trying to check a box and say i've got something for my dealers and they're handling it all and i'm not touching it most organizations that are into marketing are looking for ways to win to get better results and the first step in that is really doing an analysis what i what i always recommend is you take you know you know 25 to 50 of your top keywords and then look at them in each local market and see how you're doing. If I am in Atlanta and you're in Atlanta and you sell, uh, you know, pest control, you know, you better be, if I type in Atlanta pest control or pest control Atlanta or pest control near me being searched from Atlanta or pest control being searched from Atlanta, how are you doing? Where are you showing up? And understanding that, you know, if you're the number one ranked organic listing, you know, that's roughly 35% of the clicks. Number two is like 15. Number three might be eight or nine. And after that, you're like falling off the table. So you got to understand like to break into there, what does it take? What do you do? And if that's your objective, then, you know, you really got to look at strategies and how you're going to localize everything in your content. Now, if you're doing that through a directory, you know, um, you have to be able to get again. Go back and listen to some of our podcasts, but you have to get you have to get localized content. So if you don't want to mess with local websites and really take it to the next level, do a directory. Get a great directory structure. Research on that. Get unique, locally relevant content on each of those pages, right? And try to add new things on a regular basis. So like if that's your objective. You know, you always want a subdirectory. The question is, how do you make that as effective as possible? And then if you want to up your game and really dive into the local level, go back and listen to some of the other podcasts. But I think the choice is really between does it make sense to have top level domains um, at you know, for each of these, as Kevin articulated, that you can transfer to somebody um, that you are assured is going to be unique and locally relevant? Or do you really care more about, um, you know, saving a little bit of money and, you know, the, the really the branding, you know, side of it? Um, and the other thing you can do is you can um, set up an A-B test. You know, we, we, te- we talk about that a lot with our clients. So like when we implement local website strategies with SEO, um, it's very easy to say, let's take these, you know, 20 sites and put them on a subdomain and put these 20 sites and put them on a standalone. You know, if you really have confusion uh, of what you think is going to work or not, it, there's just not a, you know, that's the best way to know. There's no, you know, simple answer that says you always want to use a standalone. You always, if you, if you want to make sure that your sites are treated independently, do standalone domains. Right. If you're more concerned on the brand side uh, and that is really important to you, I think subdirectories are a good choice, but you want to watch it closely or I'm not subdirectories. Subdomains are a good choice, but you want to watch it closely and make sure you're getting, you know, index and just, um, you know, as you do that research and that data, you know, we have clients getting upwards of 75 percent of their important terms in the top three 95 percent on page one so if you're doing everything that you need to like that's kind of yeah know, and a much more and way more more um, terms, terms more way more terms way for way more geography exactly and so, so i'm just saying like that's why i say look into it you know don't just rely on me i'm saying these are the results we're getting for clients and so that's what's possible 
right? Yeah. So if you're far below that, you have the good news is you have tremendous chance for growth and upside. And that, you know, can make you look like a rock star if you're a marketing person and you go in and say, hey, I can implement some of these things and look at the growth that we're getting, like you're going to be beloved by your local representatives, your franchises, and your mm-hmm. your your corporate structure. So go make it happen. It, it's it's not hard to do. And if you want to dive into it, um, you know we're happy to to get on the phone and chat with people and kind of look at the pros and cons. I think I think that's really the danger that that I would love to leave people with is the danger is is being complacent and not looking into other alternatives. I mean, that's, I mean, if you're, if you're simply checking it off and saying, I was tasked with getting this dealer directory done and, and I got it, we're done. Um, and, or that the higher ups have only given you 10 important keywords and you're not looking at sub markets we, I mean, we can't even get into that here, but, you know, almost every primary market has submarkets, and, and that, that directory page is not going to be relevant into those sub markets. So it's not just the primary terms and those 10 that your boss said, it's the, it's the 200, you know, and it's, it's the variations in the sub markets. And, and so if you're interested in that, then you need to look past just uh, dealer, locator, directory structure and start saying, what else can I do at scale to get my locations, the visibility and the chance that uh, that's going to yeah. make us all money? And that's those, really yeah, yeah, those submarkets can add up, you know, depending on the vertical. But I mean, I've seen anywhere from 30 to 50 percent of the organic traffic coming from secondary markets, which would be like suburbs or other geographic ways people search for it. So yeah. really make an impact uh, as well. That's, <clears throat> yeah, that's another Yeah, search. Yeah. So quantify, quantify your opportunity. Understand how to quantify your opportunity. We have a podcast episode all about that. You can check back. We'll yep. link in the description. Once you understand what's possible out there. Now, Again, that can be kind of challenging because there's a lot of different opinions. People are claiming different results. You know, a lot of times the strategies and the things that we're recommending, you know, without the right tech, you know, people are not, you know, they're 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 speaking out of like the experience of trying to do one-off things or you know everything kind of comes from that. So just keep that in mind. But what our challenge to you is, and and what we recommend is really trying to quantify the opportunity given take take all take everything all the negatives out of it just what is the best thing that's for if i could ideally have this what would be the best and how do i quantify that and how do i make make decisions based on the revenue right that can be generated the value at the, the total end value and then work back from there right okay once i understand here's my um you know total addressable outcome that can happen, right? Revenue, leads, all this stuff based on if I were to apply a strategy where, you know, I have a local website, I have um, unique, you know, key, more way more keywords than, um, you know, uh, than are possible just maybe through a directory page or a corporate website. You know, what, 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 what is possible if I have all that? 
Um, we've got data to support that. We can show you what what's possible. Um, there's also other data out there available. But then once you decide that, then it's like, okay, what is it going to take me to, to, to make that happen, right? Then you start talking about your different domain structures, things like that, you know, I'm going to have a subdirectory and I'm probably going to have a subdomain, like Matt said. Um, and then you can kind of figure out also taking that peep, that human capital aspect, you know, like how am I, what, what am I going to need in order to make this work within my organization? Because I maybe have a big team and there's a lot of different decision makers here that need to be bought in, or I have a small team and I'm just really going to need some support with that. Um, so that's, I, I, would you guys agree that that would probably be a good three kind of like buckets to think about, um, when you're starting to approach considering, you know, a domain structure, you know, um, uh, yeah, for, uh, sure. for your organization. Yeah, for sure. And, and remember, it's not about, I mean, you're going to have subdirectory no matter what. Right. Um, so the real question is, are you going to do something that's more localized that's standalone? And, you know, uh, the, the, the de facto is registering unique standalone domains because there's no doubt about what that's going to do. And unless you have a good reason not to do that, that's what the recommendation would be. Um, if you just, you know, from a brand standpoint, this is really, you feel really strongly about that, then, then you know, the, pursue that and look into it or A-B test, you know, those types of things. So, um, Or spend some more time like engaging with like, these ideas, you know, it's not yeah. timing. Timing is a thing for any organization. So just keep that in mind. You want to do what's best for you. Obviously stuff's working where you're at, you know? Um, so a lot of things we're talking about are really like plays that people take when they're looking to bring their organization to the next level. Um, well, we've, we've, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of the people that we talk to, let's be honest, a lot of the people that we talk to, do those directories, and then they see that a standalone website is beating them in their markets for the keywords that they want, that they know are valuable to them. And then they start trying to figure out, do I have a play here? Is there, is there a way to do this? Because if there's, as Matt was saying, if there's four single standalone top uh, top level domain websites fully qualified websites and your directory is at number six first of all you're getting a fraction a, a literal fraction of the of the uh, clicks and visibility and these standalones are obviously beating you so what is your option your directory is not working it's not going to be normally a better directory so what's your options? And so you can look into that. And, you know, again, we, we've, we've repeated it several times and we're happy to talk <laughs> to you about it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the option is out there. There are solutions. Awesome. Well, I think we, we covered this pretty thoroughly. So if you're still with us, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Again, if you have any questions, um, we are here to support you. Um, we'll have our information in the show notes. Um, but yeah, hope this was, I hope our goal was to offer a lot of value around this, kind of get you thinking about what's possible. Um, so we hope you enjoyed it and yeah, we'll see you, um, on the next episode of the multi-location marketing show. All right. Thanks for listening to the multi-location marketing show. If you're a multi-location business wanting to improve your local marketing, visit marketsnare.com forward slash podcast for more content and resources. While you're there, book a call with one of our multi-location specialists where we'll dive into your local marketing challenges and offer recommendations for improvements. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week on the Multi-Location Marketing Show.